Welcome to the Entre Liqueur, liquid entrepreneurship and small bars daily business. Good morning, friends of the liquid world. Uh, welcome to the Entre Liqueur's audio experience. And today I want to make it another EEE. So the EEE is the Entre Liqueur's experience exchange. And I have a, a cool gentleman calling in. JD is in the house. He called into my station via the Anchor app, uh, which you can use just as a feedback tool. And I highly regard uh, to, or I highly uh, advise to do this. If you want to send a question, please use the Anchor app and do it. So uh, JD is one of the first people I'm here on Anchor now for a few days. And you know, uh, there's many, many talks about social media and apps and I don't know, many, many things, but for sure liquor is a little bit like in, in all the world. I mean, we all drink it, but not many people talk about it. I mean, for us, it's normal to talk about it, but you know, uh, we never reach uh, big exposure. So I was looking a little bit for uh, people on Anchor who are talking about uh, liquor also. And then I found uh, The Craft by JD and uh, he has a question and I think it's quite interesting uh, so here we go good morning this is JD from the craft entree liquor thank you for mentioning me on your episode 10 that was pretty awesome of you but this is not what I'm calling in for I want to call in and give you an entree liquor question my question to you is in the United States we consume the majority whiskey bourbon what is Europeans' majority uh, favorite spirit, wine, or beer, or liquor in general? This is my entree liquor question to you. Uh, thank you once again from the craft. Keep on rocking, JD out. JD, thanks a lot for the question. And to be honest, I'm honored that you think uh, I can answer such a big question and I have to be realistic. Maybe I'm wrong with my answers. So I just can give you a feeling. I mean, I'm quite a long time in the business, so I have a little bit feeling I read from time to time some on-trade things and uh, I, I maybe this is my, you know, this is not regarding on numbers what I tell you, you know, it's more a feeling. I think I'm, I'm, I'm quite okay with it, but it's not actually real numbers, especially when you talk about liquors and you really look at uh, the real numbers, then it's often becoming the really, sorry to say that, cheap shit in the supermarket. I mean, this is what makes, what makes real numbers, but this is not taking place in our bars. So for sure, and I know the guys who do really good vodka, and I see already a few signing up now for Anchor and listening to me, and please guys, don't get me wrong. Vodka, the cheap shit, is often just you know a weapon of mass destruction uh, so you can get tipsy without tasting alcohol i know that you new vodka producers do awesome stuff and we will talk about this also here on the entre liqueur but um i think really like cheap vodka is still very very big in germany we have uh, really, I mean, we have local sheep things like corn, which is a uh, destillate from, from grain, often wheat or things like that. The interesting fact is that also corn, I mean, has become a weapon of mass destruction and is in most cases cheap shit. 
so corn in Germany means grain. It's not like corn you have in, in America. Corn is what you can eat also uh, when you grill it on a barbecue and you can make uh, bourbon from corn. Uh, but uh, our corn is made by from grain and it's often wheat. Uh, and can be other grains and the funny fact with German sheep shit corn is I know there's now also cool distillers doing good things again but the heritage there's many connections of American whiskey producers related to German corn uh, as far as I know, for example, the people who founded Old Overhold, Rye, that was people from Germany, very famous in corn distillation, moving over to America and all of a sudden produce really good rye. Um, I think uh, that's, you I mean, there's, there's many connections between all the countries. So when we talk about real numbers, I'm not sure. To be honest, I don't know. But I can give you a feeling maybe for what's happening in my bath. And also when we talk about Europe, I mean, I don't have to discuss that with you guys in Northern America because there's this really big country. But Europe is big, is very diverse. It's a little bit different from America, I guess, because there's many, many nations and they are a little bit more mixed than maybe in America. Uh, so we have many, many local products uh, and I guess, you know, I just can speak something, what's going on in Germany and just give you a feeling because I know that in general people go back a little bit, which is lovely, to local products. So we started to rediscover things like corn. We just started to rediscover things like eau de vie. I think there's many cool things going on in, in, in France and in Spain and all over the world. Uh, but now I will just give you a little insights of what's going on and maybe when we talk about liquor and maybe a little bit more the luxury segment or just you know good bars and restaurants and what's what the cool people now drinking so first of all we hate the fact that you guys in america drink all your bourbon the good bourbon mostly by yourself because bourbon has become or let's say american whiskey it is it's very very much growing or very yeah i think for me yes it's growing very much in germany you can see it because the prices are rising and the demand you know often bottles are sold out and um, sometimes we hate your americans for that because you keep some of the good stuff really for yourself and that is not very fair when it comes to, you know we have to talk about that but for example, our bar concept, the Boilerman bar, which we started five years ago, the focus is American whiskey. I mean, it's highballs, so there's a natural base on American whiskey from the history of highballs, but also um, I think we thought five years ago this is a, a liquor which was really trending. So Le Lyon Bar de Paris as a niche, very niche focus classic bar we started 10 years ago and we from the beginning on started to focus on gin very naturally because when it comes to many many really classic cocktails there's only one white spirit used in old cocktail books and that's gin because all of a sudden till the 2030 40s of 1900 or 2000 uh, i mean 1930 1940 something like that so uh, in these books um other white spirits were not known in most parts of europe so all the books are relating on gin when it comes to white spirits so for a real classic bar we had or we loved to focus on gin 10 years ago in le lyon and we still do and we always will do because that is just the foundation of many many good classic cocktails you know vodka tequila rum all this exists and it was in a few books slowly slowly sneaking in products very famous from cuba like 
like Bacardi in the good old days. Uh, tequila I couldn't find in the, in the old books. Vodka very rare. But you know, it started to be be mentioned as a white spirit. I mean, rum was famous as a dark, heavy spirit, but as a white spirit, it was very unusual. So we started with one bar with gin, and gin. I mean, I think it's all over the world has become very very big and it's interesting because now after i think in my liquid world i've been more than 20 years behind the sticks a little bit or at least in restaurants and bars and i have not seen something like gin happen before in the liquor industry that gin became so famous and uh, such a quick change from really designated drinkers of, of some liquor changing to gin it was never seen before and i have to say i guess it will never seen that quick again in this you know on this level it's fun because nowadays everybody is asking me what will be the next gin what will be the next trend and people ask this for five years and uh I would say nothing. Nothing will, will reach the level of gin anymore for a long time. And even if no many of the you know cool people, the the connoisseurs, the people who are always one drink ahead now are a little bit snobbish and you know start to dislike gin again a little bit and you know give it a hard time, I would say that will not affect the gin category at all it will grow and it will grow strong so gin and especially gin and tonic is very very strong all over europe you see i think this year we had 400 small german producers making a copyright on a new gin brand in the in the german uh, register so you can see how many things are happening we don't need this gin so my bars and we are really pissed off you know every week there's coming seven or eight nine People in the bar are sending packages and say, hey, try my new gin and it's really over the top. But I mean, don't get me wrong, we love to sell it and the consumer really asks for it. So um, gin has become super, super big. Uh, I think for most of the people, not something new, but just to mention it. And I think it will stay big, especially even if it's now maybe in the very, very small bars are falling back um, and in the very progressive bars, you know, they start to, to cut down the variations. There's the first few ones who say we don't serve gin anymore. I think this is a little bit strange, but everybody has to do his own concept. It's okay. Um, but uh, gin is very, very big. So when it comes to trends, it's for me often very funny, you know, like 10 years ago, the liquor industry started to announce everywhere in Germany, tequila will be the next big thing. And to be honest, yes, tequila is great. But uh, for me, just observing is it never really picked up in Germany. I mean, we talk about 100% agave tequila, really good tequila. Um, so everybody was talking about this since 10 years as a trend even before people started in in in, in such a big thing to realize gin uh, but for example this one never took really up don't get me wrong tequila is growing slowly and you can see with the real connoisseurs and the little nerdy geeky bartenders that mezcal has become and i guess it's a little bit unfair because 
Tequila made a real foundation, hard work every day, trying to convince people, all the brands invested really much money. And I think now Mezcal is coming in and just taking it off. Um, so you can see, in my opinion, Mezcal growing quite quick for that such a niche product. I have to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Mezcal. I'm struggling with Mezcal. It's not my favorite spirit. Tequila I'm fine with. Mezcal, mm, yeah, I know it's very similar, but often... Many of these smoky ones for me is not my, my cup of tea, but some I like, some not. But there is a little niche in the moment like where it's really progressive. People start to ask for mezcal. And as I said, I, I just have to smile a little bit because tequila was for 10 years and it's slowly, slowly, slowly picking up. And I think mezcal is now surfing the foundation of tequila a little bit, which is uh, just fun to see. All of, you know, what, what my biggest concern is, these products are all becoming very, very expensive in general. And especially when it comes to Germany, I don't know how it's in, in, in Mexico or in America. But um, for me, that is a little bit a problem and a limitation to resell it in the bar because I have to say, I'm really, I mean, I do it business-wise often. I mean, I have my private joy, but privately I'm open to nearly everything. But uh, business-wise, I'm struggling with featuring products like mezcal and tequila. But also coming back to American whiskey. American whiskey is becoming very expensive, especially the good and small ones, because there is a demand. And for sure, that's the good or the bad thing on whiskey. It has to age for several years to become really good. So it is tricky when, you know, everybody starts like we had this shortage of rye. I think we had it in America and we had it in Europe as well. And it's now getting better because this cocktail revolution, all the mixologists started, especially in New York and London and everywhere, like plus 10 years ago. And all of a sudden we rediscovered Manhattan and all these classic cocktails. So that ended up in a shortage of rye, which rye has become, was for a long time now, for the last three years, very expensive in Germany. And now you can see that as a few, especially of the bigger producers, started a few years ago to, to produce more rye again, uh, because they understood that now there's a demand for good rye. And now you can see prices become a little bit relaxed because, you know, the first four, six, eight years are gone. They have been in the barrel. Now the bottles are out. It's becoming better. Hopefully it stays like this. But American whiskey, all kinds of, even niche things like corn, you can now see corn whiskey, you can now see, but for sure that's not a big one. But bourbon and rye is becoming slowly, but very intense and very good, better in Germany. There's many, many fans of what you guys do in America. And I'm really also a really big fan of Ryan Bourbon. And I think it's really cool how it's done. And it's a really, really good liquor. And you can see this one is growing in Germany as well. And I guess in Europe also. But, you know, especially when it comes to bars and mixing drinks and what I think is uh, a kind of in the focus nowadays. Also, there's one thing which I think it's picking up a little bit more slow, but it's really interesting because it's also very mixable, which is Geneva. I have become a passionate fan of Geneva, uh, which is the origin of gin. And I know this will never have the exposure of gin, but it's something really interesting, especially when you... It's fun to see white spirits. Geneva has a great heritage. The way 
original Geneva is done is unbelievably complex and it's an unbelievable art form. But then over the years from, I don't know, the dirty, I don't know, after war, Geneva has become very, very light, like vodka, like the shit vodka, because we come to vodka next after this. And it was just cheap shit. So many people think tequila is ugly, uh, sorry, <laughs> Geneva is ugly. And uh, it's the same with, you know, we had this in with tequila because we all, when we grow up, we had this shit cheap white tequila for parties. And then you realize, you know, normally you hate tequila then because you had a bad night with it. And now the 100% tequila is coming to the market. It's very interesting. Geneva is the same. Um, and also vodka. I mean, there's guys from Poland, Vestal Vodka. Um, unbelievable. Check Vestal Vodka, uh, you will freak out. They do vintage, they do heritage, they talk about how it's, it's, this is what the new vodka will be, and this is something really good. But this will never have the exposure that we really, really think it will become a mass thing. But in our niche, I think it will, it will become very important, and hopefully that's fine. Um, so Geneva is interesting. Good vodka is, you know, it will definitely make a comeback and it's worth trying. And I really liked what I tried from Vestal Vodka. It's amazing stuff from Poland. Um, and then <clears throat> Fortified Wine is one of my biggest players. And this is something I want to end up... Uh, it's a little bit about trends in general. So first of all, we, for me as a bar, we have to be careful when we talk about trends. So I always try to find something where I think, yes, people will have an access, at least a few of them, they like it. But for example, we started to, well, we created a bar in the beginning of this year in Zurich. It's called the Sinchona Bar, and it's dedicated to fortified wines and focusing on vermouth, but fortified wines in general. And it's picking up a few things you know what you really can see is that people like to drink a little bit lighter you know uh, on one side alcohol is you know people try to avoid in general a little bit the hard alcohol so fortified wine is definitely something very interesting and very much growing and you already have lots of lots of local producers and it's wonderful in Europe because we have so many wine regions and fortified wines there's so many things coming right now this is becoming a wonderful variation and I always promote this bars as a day drinking bar hashtag day drinking and it really works out and it's really picking up and pe people really like this you know this easy just vermouth and tonic I mean especially because of gin and tonic and now you have this light variation I am a big fan of Dubonnet Highball which is Dubonnet and soda and a splash of lemon all easy done very easy drinking but you know interesting not boring um, so I'm really a big fan of and I think it's growing also fortified wines but when it comes to bars for me it's more interesting I mean I have many people asking me what's the next trend what's the next trend and I think as a bar you don't have to take care about what's the next drink, especially when you're small. I think the idea should be you have to create a story and you have to be very careful. Your bar brand should always be bigger than the liquor brand because you, it's important to, to create your name and to make sure that people come to your bar and trust you and just have the feeling they drink something good. 
and uh, this is something as a bar you really should uh, take care of and it's not about the la latest trend for sure if you if you think about a global cocktail chain or if you do some really really big scale bar for sure you should have a sortiment what most people love to drink and what is also trending but i think the idea of a small bar should be to find a niche a product you really like and to talk about this and to talk about this so good that people will start to follow you on that that is the idea in my opinion so just giving you an example we are going to open a new bar in Düsseldorf with our hotel friends from 25 hours and it will be called the Paris Club it will open in the middle of April and if you by the way not you but the people who listen are looking for job opportunities we just start to recruit the management two guys who want to make this brand something very special who are really passionate about liquor especially france liquor french liquor and who are willing with us to travel france and you know explore crazy small things and uh so send your cv as up because we are just starting to recruit management for this awesome bar project to york at highballer.net i will send it in the show notes it's york j-o-e-r-g at highballer.net um, so we are going to create this and it's kind of huge you know it's a it's a cool kind of skyscraper one of the rares in Düsseldorf and we are on the 16th floor there's a restaurant and a bar and the bar is quite huge and we decided because the idea of the restaurant is a kind of French brothery food from the food but then we the way we serve it is a little bit new and a little bit unusual for French brothery so we make it a little bit more I think entertaining in a nice way if you come with your friends you have a great night out and we we set up this it's uh, focusing on a little bit on the high board so quick and easy drinks but also other drinks but it's all about French products so is there a trend now which is French products in Germany I think no um, but I think this is what a good bar should be around you should start you know focusing on one thing it can be a country it can be a, a style of drinks it can be a, a category whatever but you need a focus and then you start to dig it out so i just bought the first barrel of cognac and uh, i'm curious to travel france and i i know that there's amazing eau de vis often underpriced because these people often don't know how good product they do there's amazing Calvados and this is I think something really cool bars should do you know you should find a category which is not a trend and just make it great for you and your guests because also there's many many potential as I told you I will find brands we will travel France and uh, we will find producers of awesome eau de vie and the 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 value for money will be amazing because they haven't realized how great it is so it's up to us to discover it so i think you have to be brave as a brand to to decide we we create a bar where it's, you know we create something new we just not decide to do the next gin and tonic bar which in the moment many people do especially when it comes to skate in germany uh, but i think this would be boring i think uh, trends is 
I can totally understand, especially as a producer, if somebody's, you know, to, to, that you want to have a feeling where the trend is going. But I think in general, also as a liquor brand, you should do what you love and you should do what you, you think it's great. And then you have to find an audience which loves it. For sure, if it's super niche, I mean, for sure we balance that, for sure. I mean, this product, this bar in, in Düsseldorf will be will be great. So we are not doing the hardcore Calvados bar, this is too niche. But we talk about France and this is an amazing country with lots of, lots of diverse liquids and spirits and wines. And I think this is a good story to tell. And... Uh, not only, you know, there's lots of French restaurants, they do lots of wine and champagne, which is awesome, but we are going hardcore on the liquor side. And this is, for example, what we try to play with the new Paris Club in Düsseldorf. And please, people, send your CVs right now. Also, if you want to work as a bartender, you can start like from March on. Uh, we recruit the bartending team to train you a month. And... Uh, if you are, you know, if you are in the industry and you are looking for job opportunities, and I promise you, hiring. If you want to work with us as a management for this club, I think this will be a really cool experience because this is a new brand we create. This is something very unusual, and I would love to have you on board. So, my friend, I'm now running to the office. Uh, I I hope you had a little insight. Uh, on the European market, or at least on the market from a guy who's doing two bars. Thanks a lot for your call in and here soon, my friends.